The Washington Post and New York Times have finally acknowledged the legitimacy of the Hunter Biden abandoned laptop story, the one that implicates the president's son in shady deals with foreign agents. This was breaking news 17 months ago. Today, we're discussing mainstream media reporting failures, what the mainstream media is actually most successful at, and what Americans can do in response. I'm Paul Dragu, and this is Freedom is the Cure. So it turns out there most certainly is a Hunter Biden laptop that was never picked up from the repair shop. And it's allegedly filled with documents detailing concerning ties between the president's son and foreign companies with ties to hostile governments. Many of you already knew this. You didn't need the New York Times to vouch for it. And if you're like many of us, you're frustrated that this is what it takes for something so important to become recognized by newspapers that have historically been the most trusted in the nation. My guest today is Gary Benoit. Gary is the editor-in-chief of The New American, the affiliate magazine of the John Birch Society. Gary has been at the helm of The New American for more than 35 years, and he has covered every consequential story during that period. It's an honor to have him on. Thank you for joining me, Gary. I'm delighted to be here. So, Gary, during a presidential debate prior to the election in 2020, Joe Biden was asked about the lab story, laptop story as it was reported by the New York Post then. And he brushed the story off. And as support for his denial, he cited the mainstream media's refusal to acknowledge it as a legitimate story. What does the Times and WAPO arriving so late to the story mean for the American people? First and foremost, this is an excellent illustration among many that you cannot trust the major media, that there is fake news and the media lies. And think about it, Paul, not, uh, not that long ago, uh, as, as you pointed out, the, the Washington Post and, of course, others, including the New York Times, were claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop story was a hoax, that it was Russian disinformation, that it was conspiracy theory. And, of course, today these news organs are acknowledging that it's genuine, well, they knew it was genuine way back then. They had the information then to be able to say that. So, again, you cannot trust the, uh, the media. How was the um, New American reporting the story at the time? Well, we were looking at the same information, and uh, we were saying something very different. Uh, we were reporting that the information was, was credible. We were pointing to examples showing that uh, Hunter Biden was somebody who was in cahoots uh, with foreign interests, uh, not just him, but that, that he also was connected with his, his father, that his father uh, didn't know about it, and uh, that this was a compromise in U.S. security. And, of course, this story had been reported, as it should have been, prior to the election. Obviously, Trump would still be president today. The story was covered up by the major media. It was dismissed by the major media because the major media has a narrative and uh, that narrative uh, would have gone out the window if, if the story were properly uh, reported. Uh, they wanted to get rid of Trump, and that was one way uh, that they were able to employ in order to uh, accomplish that. There is, uh, at the time, there was a Media Research Center poll done, and what it revealed was that apparently 17% of the Biden voters 
said they would have not voted for him if they knew of the allegations that were supported by these documents. So that that supports uh, what you're saying. And it also, it, again, it resonates how tragic this is. It's unfortunate to, to acknowledge that this is a lot of power, isn't it? Oh, that it is. It is tremendous power. Tremendous power, right? To, to for the now, now it's now. I guess it's unofficially legitimate, right? The New right. York Times, the Washington Post. Now that they've acknowledged it and vouched for it, it's 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 legitimate. Uh, like you said, that that's concerning. But that's not even that's not even the entire. Uh, that's not the only story that illustrates. Uh, the media dropping the ball, the media, you know, whether it be intentionally, I think we're going to get into it, why they do this. But there's a few other examples that I'd like to, your take on it, because it seems like the last few years have been a litany of these uh, of this sort of reporting uh, by the media. Uh, we could look at the Russia collusion hoax, right? Two years of of reporting allegations as fact. We, we saw experts and what. You know, we're in the news business. I've been in the news business. You're obviously in the news business. The way it was reported, it was, uh, it was right. It was, it was pretty much as fact. It, it was, and people believed it. There was that false call uh, that Trump supposedly made to a Georgia mm-hmm. official, in which he told him to find the fraud and that you'll be a big hero. The recording was then revealed, and that was not what happened. There was the lab leak theory, which was, I, again, I believe the Washington Post and others had labeled it. They're, they're op-eds or, or the opinionists, they labeled it uh, conspiracy theory. And now we're like, oh, no, this is very, very plausible. And then, of course, there's the pro- propaganda style reporting on all things COVID related and uh, the never ending climate uh, climate crisis. Um, if you were trying to find a commonality <laughs> between all these stories and how they've been reported, uh, you have a science background. So, you know, what... Uh, What would you deduct from these reporting failures? Well, once again, I would say that the major media has a narrative, and that narrative is um, un-American. You could even say anti-American, because the people who control the major media are globalists. Many of them are members of the World Government Promoting Council on Foreign Relations, uh, which is a pillar of the establishment, uh, which indeed uh, you could say is the main organ of the what today is so often called the, the deep state. So anything that uh, would move the country back to the U.S. Constitution, uh, anything that would be America first, uh, a phrase that is anathema to the major media, uh, anything that uh, would uh, preserve the freedom and independence of the American people, that is something that the major media opposes. On the other hand, uh, those things that would move us in a socialist, communist directions, those things that would compromise and destroy the independence of our great country, uh, those things are supported by the major media because, indeed, what they support is to bring about what uh, for decades, in fact, for generations, has been called the New World Order. So uh, uh, we we talked uh, a little bit about the Hunter laptop and how that story was dismissed and spiked by the major media. Uh, You mentioned several other stories, uh, and you began with the Russian collusion, the the claim that uh, Putin put uh, uh, Trump into the White House. Right. And, uh, of course, there was the Mueller investigation. All kinds of money was spent on that, many millions of dollars, and uh, concluded that there was nothing to that. Uh, That fits the media, media narrative 
uh, in terms of holding that false story, promoting that false story, mm-hmm. uh, because they saw Trump as somebody who got in the way of their narrative, of, of their agenda of trying to bring about more government leading to total government and more internationalism leading to, uh, uh, to world government. Well, that story itself, though, has a newer component as well, right? That was based on a fake opposition uh, document, right? The Steele doc, doc, right? Uh, that is document. correct, and that's tied uh, right to the uh, to the Hillary Clinton campaign. Right. Uh, they helped uh, finance that. Uh, that whole thing was covered up. Uh, when it did come out, it was dismissed, and uh, now it's uh, acknowledged. So, uh, yes, Paul, that is another uh, excellent example. But I would like to point out that uh, conservative-minded Americans, freedom-loving Americans, people like uh, you and me, uh, we are often accused of being conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Uh, and of course, that's absolutely ludicrous because we don't talk about conspiracy theory, we talk about conspiracy facts. Obviously, conspiracies do exist. Uh, there are uh, conspiracies uh, that are true. Uh, there are other conspiracies that are not true, that are false, and maybe there are conspiracies. In fact, we know there are conspiracies that maybe fall in the middle where uh, we don't know for sure that they're untrue, but we do not have an, enough evidence to say that they are true. And, and so what, what we talk about when we talk about conspiracy are the conspiracy facts, the things that we can can prove. But can you imagine, Paul, a hoax? Uh, can you imagine a conspiracy theory more ridiculous than the, cons- the theory that uh, Putin put Trump into the White House? I mean, it's laughable when you think about it, and yet that is a conspiracy theory that has been pushed by the left, that has been pushed by the... Uh, establishment Democrats and have been pushed by the the major media. Well, there's a lot of irony in that as well, because that was only, what, four or five years ago, they were, they were alleging, which was elec- election fraud of sorts, election right. manipulation. And then four years later, I, I think the case could be made much better for that actually having happened, and 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 it's coming out. And that too, I think, will will have its light of day. Uh, uh, I, I think <laughs> so. And, and actually, uh, the evidence, uh, I believe, and it's evidence that we have published in the New American Magazine. We published much of the evidence. Mm-hmm. That evidence is very compelling that the election really was stolen, as uh, Donald Trump has been sta- saying since the, the beginning. But uh, yet, at the same time, if this laptop story that was suppressed just before the elections, uh, if that story was not suppressed, Trump would have gotten so many more votes from Democrats I don't think they could have stolen enough votes yeah. to have prevented his re-election. Even with cheating, he still would have Even won, with huh? tre- cheating. Yes, that's correct. Wow. Um, well, give us some uh, examples. That you already told us how the New American reported on the laptop issue. What about these other stories we talked about, the, the false uh, election story uh, call, the lab leak theory? What were, what were we saying? And, of course, the propaganda-style reporting on COVID-19 I always brag. It's like the way the New American was reporting, uh, we can look back at some of the earliest issues. But would you like to go into that a little uh, bit? I'd be very happy to. And, um, uh, and uh, COVID, I think, is an excellent illustration. If you recall, back in March of 2020, which is when the lockdowns in this country mm-hmm. were put in place, that very month, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has become the face, so to speak, the poster child of the COVID crisis, said in an interview on 60 Minutes that there was no need to wear a mask. 
he actually treated it as uh, kind of a ridiculous notion. He said, if, it, well, if you want to, uh, that's okay, but uh, there really is uh, no need to, to do so. I think that's what uh, And uh, almost immediately, he flip-flopped on that position. Now, after that flip-flop, the, kink, the claim was made by the major media that he really did not change his mind, that he really knew that, raising, that wearing a mask was uh, essential for fighting the, the COVID vi- virus, but that he said what he said because he did not want to cause a run on masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't want to uh, deprive healthcare workers of the ability of being able to get those masks to wear and, and that they needed to uh, uh, get the mask first. It was referred to as a, a noble lie. Yeah. But uh, then later, of course, uh, he talked about, uh, well, maybe you need to wear two masks. And, and, and the whole thing just got uh, ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, the evidence showed otherwise. And that evidence uh, has since come out to show that uh, wearing the mask really does not uh, accomplish much that, at all. So that should have been one early warning sign to the American people. Yeah, that they were being lied to. But there are other examples as well. You know, apparently we were supposed to believe that the uh, COVID virus uh, was a very intelligent virus that could <laughs> could, uh, could, uh, could, uh, could uh, decide for itself where it would strike and where it would not strike. So, for example, if you have a church, it would uh, the COVID that. virus would, would strike the church, would it not? Yeah. And so the churches had to uh, close. Uh-huh. Uh, but it did not strike uh, big box stores. No, no, no. Uh, it did stores. not strike abortion centers. Or liquor stores. Uh, and isn't it incredible that the COVID vi- virus was uh, uh, presumably so intelligent uh, that a church, which has as its business uh, promoting life yeah. and uh, being life-preserving preser- pre- uh, in terms of what a church uh, offers to its uh, congregation, uh, that the COVID virus would strike that, but an abortion center where unborn babies are killed, mm-hmm. which specializes in death instead of life, yeah. that the, the virus would not uh, attack that. Uh, and, of course, the, the, the vaccine. Uh, we were told that uh, uh, the vaccine was needed uh, in order to stop the virus, right? Right. right. Uh, but there are other remedies uh, that were off the shelf, uh, drugs that were already uh, available, such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Uh, that evidence showed, um, and uh, doctors knew from experience who were using it, yeah. uh, that this was having a very good effect in terms of uh, fighting uh, the, uh, the coronavirus. Gary, 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 those are just anecdotes. I know. Those are just anecdotes. And it just goes, uh, it just goes, uh, <laughs> just goes, uh, <laughs> Uh, on and on. But we were told, I mean, I, I think everybody uh, can remember yeah. uh, that we were told that the vaccines would uh, solve the problem. But what happened when we got the vaccines? Well, gee, it didn't solve the problem. But whose fault was that? Well, that was the fault of the people who did not uh, get the vaccines. Right. So for the first time in the history of vaccines, we discover, well, gee, uh, it's not sufficient simply to get the vaccine. You have to force everybody to get the vaccine. And if everyone doesn't get the vaccine, well, then the vaccines are not going to work. Uh, you know, and that was a claim that was never uh, made before. So is that sw- switch in the uh, narrative? It's so fascinating how they are able, it seems like it's some sort of cohesive unit to, to go along 
with these stories. You've seen those collages where, you know, every anchor at 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock on every left-wing mainstream outlet is saying the same thing, and sometimes verbatim. You know, you had you had spoken about the real role of of the media because I think a lot of people maybe they still think it's like look they're inept they're crusaders maybe what for whatever reason, but we have actually reported on the real role of of mainstream media. Uh, the New American has done quite a bit of reporting on what's really behind this seeming bias or incompetence, and I think you would agree it's not necessarily uh, incompetence that we're we're watching. Including in that reporting is a May 8, 2017 issue titled News, Alternative, Real, and Fake. And one of the stories in that issue was called CIA's Mockingbirds and Ruling Class Journalists. Can you go into what TNA revealed in that issue and maybe even with that story? That story appeared in the Washington Post. That, that was the name of or the title of a Washington Post article. It was an op-ed, right, uh, by well, the editor. Yes, but uh, it really it was more than just an op-ed, but it was written by a staff member for the Washington Post. It was written by Richard Harwood. And uh, what he acknowledged, and I would say it was uh, an acknowledgement against interest, but in his article, Ruling Class Journalists, he said that the Council on Foreign Relations, the world government promoting organization that we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, right. has, uh, has its imprints all over the major media. Right. Uh, it actually, uh, in that part of the article, sounded almost like it had been written by uh, the New American Magazine or <laughs> written by the John Birch Society, the parent organization for the New Amer- yeah. American Magazine, because he pointed out about editors, uh, pointed out about uh, reporters. Uh, publishers, uh, reporters, and whatnot, uh, people who were members of the CFR, but also key players in the uh, the major media. And he did point out that... Uh, uh, that they have an agenda. Now, this article was published back in 1994 in the Washington Post. It's available online. But uh, this is one of the things that Harwood said, which is very, uh, very revealing. Uh, but he pointed out that the Council on Foreign Relations ruling class journalists, quote, do not merely analyze and interpret foreign policy. They help make it. Isn't that the definition of propaganda? Well, it's the definition of propaganda, and it shows that the uh, the media is not uh, objective. And uh, and of course, uh, in saying that, I should point out as well that neither is the New American Magazine, or or for that matter, uh, uh, the John Birch Society is also not objective, because we have also our own point of view. But the difference between the major media and us is, is simply this. The major media is working to bring about a new world order. They're working to bring about uh, a uh, world government controlled by uh, uh, powerful uh, elitists, controlled by the the deep state. Right. And uh, what we're working for is to get back to the U.S. Constitution, to bring about, to quote the John Birch Society slogan, an era of less government and more responsibility and with God's help, a better world. So the major media is, is uh, subjective. Uh, we are subjective as well. I think but, that's uh, a good but, distinction. But, but, yeah, but there the uh, comparison ends because we rely on the truth. We believe that truth is a very powerful weapon, that it is a weapon far superior to the inferior substitute of falsehood and deception that the en- enemies of America rely upon. Yeah. 
And so we rely on the truth, and uh, we're also fair. We do everything we can to not take things out of context and to present things in a, in a fair way. The major media, however, does rely on deception and falsehood in order to accomplish its sinister purposes. We just listed quite a few examples. Right. And, and I, I'm glad that you brought that up because that explains, and that's like maybe the second or the third time where you're explaining this isn't necessarily incompetence. What we're seeing oh, no. is they're working toward an agenda. And uh, thank you for also pointing out, we too have an agenda. Right. Our agenda is liberty. Uh, and, and we're not ashamed to say that we are biased in that toward liberty, toward national sovereignty, uh, toward uh, our ability to make choices, and even you know against, I guess, lawlessness. You had mentioned abortion. Yes. Uh, that's a uh, that's a different issue, and I don't want to go into that. But um, but the John Birch Society. I mentioned the John Birch Society. There is a connection between Robert Welch, who founded the John Birch Society, and the New American, and what we are talking about today. He too recognized. Uh, you know that was in 1958. Have things changed that much? I know you weren't. You don't remember 1958, but you're a little older than me, and well, and and we've all read the literature. Were things so different regarding the media during the time when the JBS was being established and Robert Welch was finding not only the John Birch Society but the affiliate magazine? Or would you say there's there's still similarities? Well, I don't remember 1958 very well, <laughs> but I was actually walking the earth in 1958. I was born in 53. But uh, I joined the John Birch Society as a teenager in 1968. And uh, very proud of the fact that I've been a member since then all the way up to the present day. And of course, I'm very proud of the fact that uh, I'm able to serve on the staff of the John Birch Society. And uh, looking at the history of the John Birch Society, I firmly believe that if Robert Welch did not create this organization, and I use the word create in the full sense of that word, but if he did not create it, and if he didn't cause thousands and tens of thousands of wonderful Americans to join him in this epic undertaking, I do not believe that we would still have freedom today. Now, of course, freedom is very much under attack. And more and more Americans are waiting up to that fact, and more and more Americans are getting um, involved. But what the John Birch Society, though, has already accomplished since 1958 is to give us the opportunity to preserve the freedoms that we still have today so that we can still use those freedoms in order to save and restore mm-hmm. our freedoms, to save and restore the American dream right. and everything that we, we hold dear. So I believe we hold a, a great deal of debt to Robert Welch and right. to the, uh, the John Birch Society. Now, another thing that's really amazing is when you look at uh, what the John Birch Society has published uh, uh, through uh, the organization itself and, and also through its affiliate publications such as the New American Magazine. What's amazing is when you look at that huge body of material, how consistent it has been over the years, how accurate we've been. And there's just all kinds of examples that you can point to to the uh, cite that. And, uh, of course, you mentioned earlier, Paul, that uh, this is not incompetence, is it? Uh, that this is, is by design, and yes, it is. And I'd like to point out, too, that uh, uh, James Forstall, a name that a lot of people would not remember today, but he was our first Secretary of Defense, 
after the name of that department was changed from the Department of War to the Defense Department, James Forrestal pointed out that if you look at a series of events, you look at a series of, uh, of happenings, and uh, that you see that over and over again, that it works against the interests of the United States. Yeah. That that is uh, an indication that it is by design. Because if it were not by design, if it were incompetence, if it were something else, wouldn't you expect that sometimes things, things would happen that would work in our favor? Yeah. So there's no doubt that there's a, a grand design. And, and so Robert Welch founded the John Birch Society in order to expose that design, recognizing that uh, the light of exposure, bringing this uh, to the attention of the American people, yeah. uh, creating this understanding would, would uh, bring about the demise of this conspiracy working against our freedoms. But Robert Welch recognized, too, that it wasn't sufficient merely to publish good material, merely to put out the truth, because he had an understanding of history. And in looking at history, he saw that over and over again, totalitarianism would triumph and freedom would be lost. And, and why is that? Because freedom is superior, is it not? Uh, we know that, Paul. We know yeah. that freedom is superior to socialism. So why is it over and over again, countries keep going down the socialist totalitarian path? And it's because the bad guys are organized. It's because they do have an agenda. And Robert Welch recognized that the good guys needed to be organized as well, that they needed to work together in concerted action in order to expose and oppose this conspiracy. Well, first they have to know what's organized against them. Right. right. As Sun Tzu says, if you don't know the plans of your enemies, and I think that plays into what we're discussing today, right? Exactly right. You know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll think it's, like we said, incompetence. It, it just happens. It happens by chance. But the John Birch Society and Robert Welch is like, no. Like, like you said, that's not what's happening here. This yes. is deliberate. This is intentional, and it works toward the goal. Now, how did the media treat uh, Robert Welch and the John Birch Society uh, throughout the years for exposing this? Well, the same way they treated Donald Trump in more recent years. Uh, of course, originally, um, uh, they ignored the John Birch Society, but, um, but actually quite early on that changed, and they really smeared the Birch Society in a big way. Uh, they call the Birch Society uh, anti-Semitic. Uh, they call, call the, the Birch Society racist. Uh, of course, uh, these charges were, were ludic ludicrous. They were ludicrous on its face, on the face of those charges, uh, because uh, the John Birch Society had uh, and does today have members who are Jewish, uh, yeah. members who are uh, people of uh, color. Uh, but that didn't stop uh, the smear artists from uh, uh, making these claims. And uh, for a time, that, that hurt the John Birch Society, but uh, then people did investigate, uh, found out for themselves, and, and uh, instead of being hurt, the, the John Birch Society started growing again in the face of that publicity. And then what happened was uh, the publicity stopped, and we were treated uh, as if we did not exist. And that has continued largely up to the, the present day, despite uh, all that the John Birch Society has, uh, has accomplished. Uh, yet in recent years, we do see the name John Birch Society appearing more and more again in the news. Yeah. But it's often in the context of, well, the John Birch Society is responsible for Donald Trump. The John Birch Society is responsible for the fact that Trump, who said these horrible things, such as, mm. uh, I want to follow an America first foreign policy, 
was responsible for people actually voting for that supposedly a terrible agenda and putting this crazy man into the uh, the White House. Yeah, so yeah. the John Birch Society has mentioned over and over again in that context that we are responsible for Donald Trump. Uh, in fact, there's a, a recent book that came out, uh, uh, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. The, the, cons- the Conspiratorial Life. That, that's it. We Thank you. The Conspiratorial it. Life, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes the claim that we're living in Robert Welch's uh, America today. Um, of course, the author of that book uh, looks upon uh, America today as being a very, very bad thing and how horrible uh, that Robert Welch uh, is responsible for, uh, uh, for America as it is today. Uh, responsible for somebody like John, Donald Trump being able to get into the, the White House. Right. Uh, and, of course, there is a lot of bad about America today, but it's not the U.S. Constitution. It's not the American people. What is bad is this conspiracy uh, that has already had uh, a lot of effect in terms of undermining our institutions and in terms of moving us in the socialist internationalist direction. I have seen interviews with the author of the book that you just mentioned, and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but uh, one of the main ideas that he goes off and spouts is that what's terrible about our impact, John Birch Society's impact, Robert Welch, is that people now believe these conspiracy theories. And of course, the granddaddy of them all, and which we'd never back up from, is that there is a conspiracy and it is aiming to destroy America and usher in one world government. So I think, you know, the way we have to, this relationship that we have, that have always had with the media, this antagonistic relationship is also we have a lens where we see that what they're saying is through our lens is like they're acknowledging our impact yes and we don't back up from that i as part of my job is that i i do pr and so i do read quite a bit of this and i read what others are saying and so i've learned to filter this and then i've used it to inspire our our members our supporters uh because now things are a little different with the internet and all these outlets we have, I don't think they hold the power that they once did, they being the media. I think people are seeing through it, not to mention there's reality. Reality kind of confirms what we've said. Now, with that being said, what is your take? Like, you know, you've been in the news Mm -hmm. business for at least since 35 years, for 35 years, just at the helm of the new American. How has the media landscape change over those years and that includes how are people viewing mainstream media is it a little different than it's been and uh, what's your take on that well my take is that the major media has not been consistent the john bird society and the new american have been consistent and so who are you going to trust well who but how are americans uh perceiving mainstream media oh okay well, <laughs> I, I think that's a really, uh, really easy question because well, uh, uh, I think people are waking up. Uh, I think most people do not trust, do not believe in major media any longer. But um, uh, the New American, on the, on the other hand, when people do look at it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's just the opposite because we have a very, very solid uh, track record. And I should point out too, Paul, that, uh, and I'm sure you would agree with me, that we don't want to have people take our word for it. Uh, because, you know, people can be so easily beguiled and, uh, uh, you know, the major media lies, but there's a lot in alternative media that lies as well. Mm-hmm. And so what people need to do is they need to use one of the, uh, the gifts that they have gotten from God, uh, which is the ability to think and uh, the ability to, uh, to do research, uh, uh, to use our, our intelligence and um, 
reasoning abilities and to uh, apply that to whatever they look at or whatever, whatever they read, to apply that to the major media, certainly to apply that to the New American as well. And when people do that, when they think and, and check things out, there's no question in my mind that people would dismiss the major media. And in fact, again, I, I believe most people have. What does this mean? That what has this meant for the New American uh, recently? I, I have I've seen the polls and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I think we agree that there is an exodus of, of, of trust from from mainstream media. How has this affected the New American? Well, the New American's growing. Uh, we're, we're growing in terms of print. We're growing in terms of online. And the John Birch Society is growing, and it is really an exciting period to to live in. Uh, and it's so exciting to be a part of this epic undertaking at this point in time. But uh, what do you see, Paul, from your uh, your point of view? I, I, I see a lot of the same thing. I, I think we both digest mm-hmm. quite a bit of media. Uh, it's inherent in our in our jobs and whatnot. And I too, I'm in, I'm inspired. Um, I'm glad to see that people are coming around. I used to. I used to be part, I wouldn't say mainstream media, I, you know, I've, I worked in a small town newspaper and then I kind of mm-hmm. ran my own small town newspaper. And so I, I got to see how things work on the ground, but I also started to see that that mistrust against, and I was actually at the, the uh, there was antagonism thrown at me because people were already starting to sense that something was off. And I think sometimes it may go too far because if we have this binary outlook where we basically, we, we group everything that's not whatever alternative media source you trust into a trust a, a, a source to be mistrusted, you may not see the, the, the nuance. And But I, I think it also comes back to, to, the, to the ability to think. You know, speaking of alternative media, it's coming up, it's growing. There's lots of uh, networks and lots of outlets out there. Is there anything that makes The New American a better alternative news source than, than other alternative news sources? Well, I would point to our track record. That is the thing I'm most proud of, the way that we've been right over and over and over again. Uh, just to cite uh, one example, that was not mentioned earlier, but this is an example that goes back uh, uh, further into the past, would be the issue of energy. And uh, you could go back to 1977 when Jimmy Carter was president, Mm -hmm. and he gave a major energy speech, and uh, he said that we would run out of um, uh, gas and oil within the next 10 years. Well... Uh, that, what would did have we been say? A, uh, that would have been in 1987. That was a long time ago, and of course it didn't happen. But back during that period, and, and that was before the New American Magazine was created, but uh, back during that period, uh, we were saying that that was not the case. And it was not the case for a number of reasons. Uh, not only that alternative uh, forms of uh, power could be uh, mm-hmm. uh, produced, uh, such as, for instance, through nuclear power, right? Uh, but also that uh, through uh, g- exploration and, and drilling, uh, that uh, more oil and gas resources would be available. And when the New American was started back in the 1980s, uh, we were saying the same thing. Uh, uh, and, uh, of course, we turned out to be uh, correct. And those people who said uh, back in the 1970s that we would run out of energy, yeah. uh, including the President of the United States at that time, uh, those people were uh, were wrong. And uh, But who could have imagined, who could have imagined back then that uh, just a couple years ago, toward the end of the Trump presidency, 
that the United States would actually reach a point where we would become, once again, energy self-sufficient, energy independent, for the first time since the 1950s. That was an incredible milestone in our history that was largely ignored by the major media. Well, apparently it wouldn't have been a surprise if you would have read the New American, No, it would not have been a a surprise at all. But then, of course, what happened, as we know, is that Biden became president, uh, and he signed uh, executive orders that took things in the opposite direction, energy-wise. Right. And uh, has uh, brought us to a point uh, very quickly where now we have to worry about uh, oil from foreign sources. That brings up another propaganda point. Yes. Apparently it's Putin's fault, right? Yeah, it's P- Putin's the, fault. For uh, the gas crisis, yeah, but the All inflation. Biden needs to do is look at himself in the, in the mirror, but but he's blaming Putin. He's blaming, blaming the uh, uh, the oil companies, but uh, he has helped to bring about this disaster to uh, begin with. And I say he has helped because obviously it's not just uh, Biden and the White House. It's uh, his handlers and it's the deep state and mm-hmm. it's the... Uh, uh, the uh, high officials, the high people in the Council on Foreign Relations who are working to starve this, this nation of uh, energy. Well, Gary, thank you so much. Yeah. I think we could go on and on, but uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for... Did you want to throw a last pitch for the New American? I think that was, well, that was uh, quite for, a bit. Well, for the New American, but also for the John Birch Society. And the reason I say that is because we do not want to be the best educated or the best informed people in a concentration camp. That, that's not our purpose. So, uh, yes, uh, we'd love for people to subscribe to The New American. We Absolutely. encourage our viewers to do so. But we also encourage people of uh, people who would love to be involved in the, the freedom movement to join the John Birch Society and to uh, uh, help us carry out our, our projects because that's where you can be most effective in saving our freedoms. Gary, thank you so much for joining me. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Well, folks... There's the old saying that knowledge is power. This is especially true when talking about the dealings of powerful people tied to our institutions. Without true information, we don't know what's going on. And if we do not know what's going on, we have little say in what happens to us. The deep state's main goal is similar to that of overtly totalitarian states. It is to control. So it's vital that as Americans, we have information that empowers us not propaganda that manipulates us. JBS founder Robert Welch liked to say that education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. One of the conduits for truth that he came up with was a magazine, which evolved into The New American. If you don't have a subscription to The New American, get one. As we've demonstrated, we've been on top and ahead of the issues repeatedly. Subscribe using the link below. Also, It's not enough to have true information. Here at the John Birch Society, we want to use that knowledge toward the cause of freedom through action. We have JBS chapters across the country in every state, and we urge you to join us in the battle to restore the republic. Check out the link below for more on joining. And in the meantime, remember that whatever else society, freedom is the cure.